What's up, guys? This is your host, Sonia, and you're listening to What a Week, a podcast where I sit down and talk about my week in the most unorganized way possible. This is episode number eight for the week of June 18th through the 25th. Yes, I'm adding an extra day. That is eight days in total if you count 18, 19, 20, 21, 23, 24, 25. I've added an extra day, but um, I'm adding my LASIK surgery experience, which happened on Friday of last week. So I needed to include it in there. It just had to be in there. So I am ready to get this started, ready to talk about my week. And just a warning, it is going to get deep. I will be talking a lot about what happened this week, a lot about what happened um, or how I've been feeling emotionally, um, mentally as well. So it's it's going to be an interesting podcast to say the least. So let's get started. homegirl can see 2020 now. I couldn't do that a week ago. That is crazy. Um, This past week has been a roller coaster to say the least. Um, I experienced blindness for 30 seconds. I've experienced um, the most agonizing, stinging pain I had for a, a prolonged period of time that I've ever felt on my eyes. Um, I've experienced being able to see without glasses for the first time ever, and I know I had mentioned this mentioned this in my last podcast where I said I had mentioned that very few people are honest about their uh, LASIK experience, at least people that I know. I'm not saying they're not honest. That's not the real, that's not the real case. I guess I just don't ask the right questions. Um, so people kind of just, from in my case, sugarcoat it. They say it's just pressure. But it's a lot more than that. And I wanted to sit down and start my podcast with that because I did promise you my LASIK experience. And um, that's pretty much what happened uh, starting since a Friday, which was June 18th. And it just kind of carried over to the following week. So on June 18th, I woke up. I was dead nervous. <laughs> I've done my research. I've seen enough videos I kind of knew what the process was going to be like, at least during the procedure. And I was like 60% ready, 40% nervous, especially because it was going to be my eyes and I was going to be able to see everything. So, yeah, so I woke up, uh, made myself a acai bowl. I don't know how you say it. Sorry. Uh, I made myself one of those because they mentioned at the doctor's office that I might be there for two hours so that I should be very well fed. 
And I don't really like breakfast. Usually my breakfast consists of a cereal, a bowl of cereal, and that's it. And if you've ever eaten cereal for breakfast, you know that doesn't last very long. It maybe will get you through an hour, two hours at most. And I was still going to have to get ready and then get to the doctor's office. So I decided to make myself an acai bowl and I ate that. It was delicious. I was still very nervous. Um, I dressed up warmly they told me it was going to be cold in the room so I had I had to go to Target I literally went to Target to go buy a long sleeve thank you Target for still carrying long sleeves in June because all of my long sleeves are packed away in the shed so I was like I am not about to go grab a long sleeve for one day so I bought myself another one so there it goes um what's it called I've just added more to my collection at this point and I'm all, and it's only going to get worse. My closet does not fit all of, all of my clothes. I need a bigger closet. Anyways, so I got ready. We, I mean we, because my mom, my brother and I drove to the doctor's office. They dropped me off. I got there and the first thing I got to do is pay. Um, my procedure was about $3,500. It's pretty expensive. So if you're thinking about doing this procedure, either save up or maybe apply for the care credit or like a like a credit card that's for like medical things and they give you about like a year to pay it off. So I have a year to pay off $3,000, guys. It's a little intense. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, so that was the first thing we had to do. I signed up, I signed all my contracts, which say everything that can go wrong, of course, doesn't mean it will go wrong, but they need to tell you because it's probably gone wrong in the past. Um, so you had to sign, I had to sign all that, I had to pay um, the proceed for the procedure. And then they finally took me back, rechecked my prescription. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think I was 375 on my left eye and 350 on my radar. It's negative 350 and negative 375. I could I cannot see from far away. It wasn't as bad, but I was starting to get very nervous because I'm 26 and I was already at three negative 3.5 and negative 375. And my dad, um, who is 55. Is it 56? Oh, Lord. I think it's 56. Um, he has that prescription. So I'm, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm half your age and I'm already where you are at. So I was kind of like, oh, no, I can't have that. So I went there. Yeah, they checked my prescription. Everything was fine. They, the doctor came in. He asked me if I had any questions. I kind of just told him I was very nervous because I thought that majority of my questions were pr practically answered can't work out for a week, can't swim for three weeks, can't put eye makeup for a week. Uh, I don't know what else from there, but I thought that all of my questions had been answered. Little did I know I did not. But he reassures me it's pretty simple that it's, it's normal to be nervous. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, the doctor, the surgeon had music going on, which kind of helped. I think I would have been more nervous if there was no music in the background. But I, I go there, I go into the surgery room. There's two big machines, one bed where I have to lay down. The idiot of me, you know, I go in and I'm about to lay down with my glasses on. 
And the doctor's like, oh, hold on, take off your glasses. And I was like, ah, oh, that'd be very smart, wouldn't it? And they're like, that's going to be the last time you'll be wearing those glasses. You won't have to wear them ever again. Here's hoping at least in, uh, uh, hopefully a couple of years from now, I don't have to wear my glasses again. But so I lay down, they put something under my knees to kind of like prop my legs up and then they start putting numbing drops on my eyes give it a few seconds literally those numbing drops work quickly they don't mess around so I did that and that is when it all started okay so I'm gonna be as detailed as possible please don't be scared <laughs> if you don't want to if you have been thinking about it and you really want to know how it is I'm going to say it. So I'm just, just letting y'all know. Uh, the first thing they do after they put the numbing drops is they're going to open your eye because of course it needs to stay open for the procedure. You can't be blinking. So they get these, I, what are they called? Let me find out the word for this. Uh, I opener. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, tool. What is an eye opener? Eye opener tool. Is it eye speculums? Wow, that's an interesting word. They're eye speculums, wire blade opener for your eyelids to make sure that you do not blink during the procedure. I was honestly low key very terrified of that because it looks uncomfortable. It looks whack. Like your, it looks like your your eye is popping out of your eye socket. But I didn't feel that. Like you feel it. Like you know they're putting it on your eye. But once it's once it is placed, you no longer feel it anymore. Like I had forgotten that I had that on. Like I they do one eye at a time. So as I was blinking on my like, for example, if they're working on my right eye, if I was blinking on my left eye, I legitimately thought I was blinking with both eyes. Of course I wasn't, but I didn't feel that. So what I thought was going to be the scariest part of the procedure turned out to be the least invasive part of it. So that um, happened. Then he goes ahead and tells me to look forward, look at some circle off in the distance. There's like a little circle that's like green around it. Um, and that's when it happens. He puts something over my eye and it's something like to, it, it's kind of like a suction cup and it's supposed to help uh, the machine like hold on to your eye. I might be wrong, but this is how it felt. Okay. Hold on to your eye so that your eye's not moving so that it can do the incision with the laser because they do an incision and then they flap it open. And that's the part where people talk about pressure. That's when you feel the pressure. It feels like someone um, got their thumb and it's like placing it on like over your eye with a good amount of pressure to the point where, again, if you do that for a while and then you open your eyes, like everything is dark. So that's where you kind of go blind, which is where I talked about going blind for 30 seconds. Um, so you see nothing. It's black. Of course, there's something over your eyes. So that's why you can't see, which kind of helped because I was nervous. So um, when you're nervous, you close your eyes. At least that's what I do. So when my vision went blank, um, I was a little bit like it was OK. I wasn't 
overly freaked out about it. Again, I had done my research and I thankfully had come across that. Thankfully, someone talked about it because no one had mentioned that your that your sight like goes bl- black. It, like everything goes black. You can't see for 30 seconds. Um, They take off the machine. You still can't see. That's why it's like 15 seconds or 20 seconds with the machine on. The machine comes off your eye for another additional 10 seconds. You cannot see. And then you start to regain some of the sight and it's blurry AF. Then he went ahead and did the other eye. Same procedure. Same thing happened, which this one freaked me out a little bit more because I couldn't see now. Like at all with my other eye, it was like very, 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 very blurry. So I had no idea if I was even looking straight at one point, but I just pretended. I'm like, I think this is straight. I'm hoping I'm straight. Let's just hope for the best. So that one was a little bit trickier. He did have to numb my eye again, I think, or had to put more drops. So he did that. Then the whole thing happened again. I will, I go blind for about 30 seconds and then I regain my eyesight. Then the bed moves and they move me to the other device, which is the laser that is going to fix my eyesight. It's going to fix all those little bumps and um, things going on on my retina. I hope that's the proper terminology. I'm so sorry. Uh, the doctor, you can see he's working with some tools. He opens the flap. There's that, there's a certain point where he's working on it that I, I was able to see clearly. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on. Why can't I see clearly? I haven't gotten the, the, the laser on me yet, but then like he would move it again. And then my eyesight would go like blank, I mean, blurry, not blank, blurry. And then you, he flips it and then he's like, okay, just stare at that green light. And there's like red lights next to it. That lasts maybe 15 seconds. There's a nurse that is counting down for you. That's it. They close the flap. The doctor kind of like smooths out your eye. And then that's it. You move on to the next one. Same thing happens. Uh, You look at the green light. 15 seconds. And then that's it. One thing. They've mentioned it in a a lot of videos. Um, There is a not a slight there's a burning smell someone had said it was like your eye burning but i read that it's like the combination of like the laser with the air and all that jazz that makes it like makes that smell it's like burning plastic Mm, not that great the smell wasn't pleasant whatsoever but i needed to breathe in and breathe out so i would not freak out and lose my cool so i had to breathe in so i breathed in the smell quite a lot and that was it pretty much. They were done. They smoothed over my eye. They gave me a few seconds and then they're like, okay, you can stand up now. They gave me my black sunglasses. And then they told me, they, they, they pushed me to another room for a little bit. Then they moved me to a darker room, a waiting area where I could wait for my uh, parents to, or my mom and brother to pick me up. And uh, that that was it. That was not painful. Like I was very afraid of that part. And that was all I had researched. (laughs) I had only researched the procedure part. And when I had read about the post-op, very few people talk about the discomfort that goes along with LASIK eye surgery. It is not fun. All right, guys, it's time for what a week Q&A. I still have not come up with a better name. I'm so sorry. Brought to you by the 3000 questions about me book that I bought at Target. So let's go ahead and answer last week's question. Last week's question was, 
what is your idea of perfect happiness? And what a coincidence that that's the question that I had completely forgotten about. But right now I am currently sitting in front of my window. It is 9.49 p.m. and it rained a lot today and it's just so beautiful. I have the window open and you can just smell the rain. Um, if you know where I'm from, for those that are listening, you just know how amazing the, sm- the, the rain smells when it rains here. So I'm just literally enjoying the smell of rain, the coolness that it brings. Um, watching a BTS show with no worries in the world. Like I am relaxed. I don't, I'm not worrying about anything. I've, this is my idea of perfect happiness. Just when I'm not worrying where my brain and my mind is not overthinking things and, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my idea of perfect happiness. So I'm kind of glad that that was a question for this week. So guys, what is your idea of the perfect happiness? I spent, I went home, I took Tylenol PM in hopes that I would knock the flip out because they tell you that when you go home, you should rest your eyes, take a nap, not watch any TV or be on your phone. And I was like, let's hope for the best. Well, the Tylenol, personally, Tylenol does nothing for me. So I should have known. I should have known better because in 30 minutes, my eyes start burning. The only way I can describe this for people who have never worn contacts and have not cleaned their contacts well (laughs) is if you had eaten chili and decided to rub your eyes with that chili, with chili fingers, and you have you can do nothing about it because when you touch your eyes with chili, you can go into the sink and put some water and and like put something on your eye to help ease the pain. And in a little bit, no more than an hour, I'm pretty sure no more than 30 minutes, the pain will subside. Well, I had taken Tylenol PM nothing was happening. 30 minutes later, my eyes are stinging. And that continues for the next five hours. It was so painful. Like the procedure itself wasn't, but that post-op was so painful. I couldn't sleep. That's how bad it was. Like my eyes were tearing up. And when I had read about and heard about like people saying that their eyes tear up a lot, I thought, that was just like, oh, okay. It's just going to be tearing. I don't know why they were tearing up. It's because it's staying so bad. After four and a half hours, I had had enough. I asked my mom if I could take ibuprofen and we looked it up. You can take uh, ibuprofen with Tylenol. It's not bad. And it had already been four and a half hours. I took ibuprofen and then literally in like 15 minutes, the pain starts subsiding and I knock out. Finally, after four and a half hours, I knock out. And then finally, I'm at peace. Those four and a half hours were painful. I couldn't lay down because the pr- there was like some sort of pressure on my eyes that made the stinging worse. So I had to sit up with my eyes closed and kind of like rock. I don't know if anyone has ever done this. Like when you're in pain, you kind of just rock 
um, to try to forget about the pain. And that's what I was, that's where I was heading at. It was very, very, very painful. And I don't, I, I, at first I was like, oh, I can do this again if I need to fix my eyesight. After that, I was like, nope, sorry, nope, not happening. Nope, I'm going to wear glasses from this point forward. If I go blind again, I'm going to wear glasses. That was so painful. So I wanted to let you guys know. I know some people are going to be like, why are you scaring people from getting this procedure? If that doesn't bother you, maybe I guess my tip for you would be to take medicine that you know is going to help you and it's going to work with your body. Don't try something new this the day of the procedure. Get medication that you know is going to help with pain and take it right after the procedure or even before the procedure given it literally takes 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. So yeah, do that because that was my mistake and I suffered for four and a half hours. But other than that, that happened literally that night I was able to start seeing clearly. Currently, it's been a week out. Still see some of those halos around the, uh, um, the lights. Not that bad anymore. It's kind of normal because if you had contacts, at least for me, I've always had that halo effect on lights. But the first day, it was really, really bad. Like the halo was very prominent and very annoying. But a week out, I'm okay. I haven't uh, worked out till today because they told me I couldn't work, work out for a week, which was painful. I thought I was not going to, I thought I was going to enjoy it more. And I was like, yes, I don't have to work out for a week. But after working out since February, my body's like, what you doing? You need to start working out, girl. So I I gave myself till Monday of the next following week. Um, and it's been, I guess it was seven, eight, nine days since the procedure. So I was like, okay, I think it's safe for me to now work out. I didn't go too hard. I, if I couldn't, I stopped. I did not want to overwhelm myself, overexert myself or my eyes. And taking showers have been interesting because I can't get water in my eyes for the next two more or for two more weeks. So taking showers is an interesting concept. My eyelashes are suffer have been suffering because the first few days you can't really um, touch your eyes. You can't rub your eyes for months. Okay. Let me tell you that you cannot rub your eyes. If you are a person who loves to rub their eyes, no to no to you, you can't do it. Okay. It's, they tell you not to do it for another six months. Okay. Six months. So cleaning my eyes the first few days was kind of tricky. Um, you're not supposed to clean your eyes the first day. The next day you can, but you have to be very gentle because you do, you kind of do feel it. You feel the pressure over your eye. Like you, you know, it's kind of like just freshly operated on. Um, so the drops they give you for after the procedure, um, would pretty much like, uh, collect on my eyelashes. Like there was, I don't know which one it was. I don't know if it was the antibiotic or the anti-inflammatory drops but one of them was like milky white and that one would collect on my eyelashes and it would leave the worst like crust tmi uh crust on my eyelashes and when i was finally able to clean up my eyes like as i was trying to clean off that crust from my eyelashes a bunch of eyelashes would come out i lost so many eyelashes and i'm still losing a lot so if you care about your eyelashes that's something else that you should take note of that I didn't know about. So just FYI, I wish I would have, 
to ask my doctor about that post-op care, like what to do with my eyes. Cause I did not, they did not go into detail. They kind of like, uh, fast tracked that post-op. They just told you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But they never told you how to do the things like clean your eyes after the amount of time that you were then allowed to wash your eyes. So yeah, that was my LASIK experience and it's been 22 minutes. I talk a lot, I'm sorry. And this episode might be a little longer. I'm hoping not, but yeah. So that happened throughout the week though, because I couldn't do anything, I kind of entered a slump. I was doing really good. I was on top of it. I was studying my Korean. I was getting stuff done for my podcast. I was on a roll and I would maybe watch like um, K-dramas here and there. And I was doing other stuff, you know, I was having pretty much a good, at least in my opinion, um, I was having a good summer, a good um, productive summer. Uh, But because I couldn't do anything for the first two days, that kind of like spilled over to the rest of the week. And I didn't want to do anything. I didn't do very much. Tuesday I was just like I didn't I tried to get up and do stuff but I kept finding myself going back to bed so it was it was an odd week and then my friend came we watched a k-drama that was pretty fun but now I can't watch the damn drama until he gets here and watches it with me we're watching Vicenzo I don't know how to say it if that was a correct way to say Vicenzo anyway um great drama i expected the action i did not expect the comedy that came along with it great drama if you haven't watched it you should and if you like k dramas you really should uh watch it we're on episode three right now we had to stop midway because it was being very windy and my projector i have to watch it outside and my eyes were again freshly operated on so i did not want to get any dust or dirt or anything into my eyes so we called it quits um, and then after that, that was pretty much it. Then kind of where I had touched upon when I was talking about how I was feeling emotionally and mentally this past weekend, um, well, I guess it was like around Thursday and Friday, um, my mom was cleaning the house and she started like, she was cleaning one of our towel closets. Is that what they're called? And at the bottom, there's like a box with a bunch of like memorabilia. That's not the right word, but just a bunch of letters and cards that we've written in school. And my mom keeps everything like she has every single card I've ever made her. She does not throw away anything. She has binders filled with our things. She had found a folder where there was a accumulation of diary entries I guess in quotations that I had to write for school they were written in Spanish which I had completely forgotten that I had to write in Spanish when I was growing up I don't know how to write Spanish now but that's crazy to think about but yeah so she tells me look at all this look what you wrote it was so funny because some of the things literally it said that I wanted to become a doctor your, your girl can't handle blood. You, you wanted to become a doctor at eight years old. That was me at eight years old. I wanted to become a doctor. I wanted to have a home in 20 years. So that's in two more years from now. Um, I wanted 
a pink car. I wanted a bunny rabbit as my pet. Uh, I don't even know what else. I wanted to have a garden in my backyard. Your girl hates bees. At this point, I'm like, nope, I don't want no garden. I'll have trees. Thank you. <laughs> it was so funny. And those were some good memories to bring back. I loved all of them. But then I kept going through some of those letters. And then I found one, which kind of triggered some memories of back in the day of uh, some, how would you, trauma or some things that I had gone through that kind of have spilled on over to my adulthood where I feel like I annoy the crap out of everybody. All right, guys, it's time for What A Week Q&A. This is the second question that I will be answering next week. Um, also, I'm going to be putting this question on our social media, on our, on my social media. I don't have a group yet. I wish I did, but I'm going to be putting this on social media and I want you guys to answer the question. Um, I have an Instagram. It's called What A Week. What A Week. It's not Whataburger. Um, it's called What A Week Podcast. Um, I also have a TikTok with the same name, What A Week Podcast. And the question for this week is, what is your greatest fear? Number two on our list of 3,000 questions. Imagine if I were to be if I were to be able to record 3,000 podcast episodes, whoa, I can't wait. But yeah, so go ahead and answer that. And then I will answer this um, on next week's episode. And that, uh, that my personality is not enough. That my personality is the reason why I have lost many friends. Um, the personality as to why people don't want to hang out with me or want to include me in things. And I know I am not your typical 26-year-old. I don't like to drink. I don't like to party. I don't smoke. I don't like to do drugs. I am an introvert at, at the, what's it called? At its, at its finest. Um, I'm an extrovert with my close, close, close friends and family. But even then, they hint at, um, I guess, me not being normal. And they do tell me to change a lot. Like all my life, I've been told to change, to be different. Oh, gosh, it's a guy in, on the roof, bro. Please don't turn around. Please don't see me recording this podcast. You literally like changed the mood here. I'm like really hoping that he doesn't turn around. But I've always been told to change that uh, <laughs> that I'm picky. I'm too picky. I'm too annoying. I'm not. Uh, um, I'm not a person who goes out out of their way to make friends, to be social. Or I'm too nice, so I should be more aggressive and assertive it's always been be someone else and that note that I wrote to someone I'm not gonna really mention names because I have a small family people will find out <laughs> um 
I had meant I had I had written a letter to someone t- thanking them for stepping up for me from for from another family member. Like that's crazy that at such a young age I felt that and I voiced it like to in school because those were letters that I wrote as assignments like I don't know it's crazy and then also recently I mean not recently it's been a year now (laughs) um that I started liking k-pop uh I like bts and I'm not going to lie about 90% of what I intake is now Korean, mostly because I am trying to learn the language, but also because it's BTS. And they're not the only ones I listen to. I listen to Stray Kids. I listen to Twice, Red Velvet, um, Everglow, Super M. I listen to a lot of different K-pop idols and I watch a lot of K-dramas. But when 90% of my life is K-pop, that is what I'm going to talk about. And all my life, I've never, fi- I've never fit in. Whatever I like is things that no one around me likes. Like people in my family, my all of my friends love Bad Bunny, Drake, which nothing wrong with them. They make great music. But when I want to talk about something that I enjoy, that's when I feel that people don't want to hear it because it's not something they like. And it's sad because I try to be as open and there are moments where I'm just like, really, you're going to talk about this all over again, again. And I do that sometimes. So I catch myself doing it. So I am no, I am not, what's it called? Innocent of this, of doing this. But most of the times, a majority of the times, I let people talk. I let people voice what they are enjoying and then I'll like put my sense into it you know I'll give my opinion regardless like my friends talk about football and then they start talking about Tom Brady I will start talking about how much I don't like Tom Brady great great athlete personally eh, not a fan but that's okay but like I'll let them talk about Tom Brady I'm not gonna be like bro stop talking about football stop talking about this but when I talk about K-pop, it's when it's like people have people get annoyed by it. That circles back into the you're annoying. No one likes you. And again, it might just be me mentally paying more more attention to when people do that to me because of how many, how much it's been done to me growing up. So I mean, I might just be over exaggerating, but. I talk about K-pop with my family. My dad says I'm idolizing them. My mom tells me I'm I, I'm going to beg to not just to make sure not to idolize them. And I'm like, oh, cool. OK, so now I can't talk about them with you because you're not OK with it. Because if I talk about them, you're going to assume I am idolizing them. And then I talk with my friends and they, you think they enjoy it. And then your friends tell you, can we please us into something that we can understand? <laughs> and then apparently a lot of their emotions that they have kept inside in regards to my K-pop like just spills. And it just makes me feel like crap because I was like, oh, shoot, like. 
What I like, what I enjoy is annoying you. It's bothering you. Damn, I'm back at that again. And it's been tough. And it's I know it's K-pop right now, but it's it's always been something. It's always been everything. Everything that I've liked, people don't enjoy. I've always been pushed to the curve <laughs> and made to feel like dude stop like you're annoying like go over there like oh i'm not gonna i don't want to talk about that or can we talk about something else yeah i don't know it's 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 been an, an intense emotional and i don't want to talk about it a little bit anymore because i can feel the tears just welling up on, in my eyes and i, I just don't want to cry like I just don't, I just don't know who to talk to anymore. Like, I feel that I have to hide who I am to make sure that people around me don't get annoyed and people around me want to stick around. And it's, that's, that's a terrible feeling to have. To feel like, yep, gotta mold remold yourself all over again because whoever you are whatever you like <laughs> whatever you go crazy about sorry um people don't really care about it and if you continue this way people are gonna stop talking to you <laughs> i just it's 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 been crazy and i got to the point to the lowest point where I just said enough. I really do need to go to therapy because having these self-degrading feelings about yourself and allowing yourself to change for others like that's not that's not good. That's not healthy. Like I need to love myself all of myself and find people who will do the same. Because right now, I am filled with doubt. There's things I want to do, but I constantly doubt myself. I'm constantly made to doubt myself. I'm constantly made to think of the consequences, consequences which is normal. I, I understand that not everything is... I shouldn't just jump into things without really looking at or planning things correctly and making sure that I know what I want to do. But just having all that self-doubt, questioning my every single move, needing other people's validation to feel good about myself. Like, damn. Yeah, I need help. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that soon I'll be able to, because in where where I live in my area, there is no, no counseling uh like available. And if they are there, it's like two people. And they're like older and I don't know about you, but I don't feel comfortable talking with older people. So that kind of go went out the door, at least for to doing something in person. Um, I looked into BetterHelp. Um, it's a little expensive, not expensive, I guess, in comparison with you were doing other actual in-person counseling therapy, but it's expensive to say the least I guess I had to cancel three subscriptions because I am literally I am thinking about doing it so I had to cancel some subscriptions to be able to afford that which is kind of sad right you uh-huh 
Like I literally had to change uh, or stop paying for things that I like because my mental health is in need of help. Like why is mental health so expensive? And BetterHelp, you're great. It's cheap, guys. It's pretty, it's pretty cheap in comparison to actuals that I've researched, the ones that were here, the two of them that were here. It's it's a it's a whole lot cheaper. So I do think better help for not being so expensive. But regardless, like for someone who's not working, it's still kind of pricey. It's still kind of up there. So yeah, so like I said, this episode is gonna get a little bit emotional, a little bit deep. Um but I just wanted to, I, I want to be honest. I want to be open and honest. And for those that are listening to my podcast, thank you so much for finishing and coming or getting to this point of the podcast, because I know, um, I know a lot of people skip over my Instagram posts. I know, I know, I see you. Um, but for those that stay and actually listen and have been hyping me up since day one with anything that I do, thank you know that you're not going unnoticed thank you thank you thank you but yeah so before we end this podcast let's change the mood a little bit let's go (laughs) to something more positive or something that the highlight of my week yeah the highlight of my week which was getting my teeth cleaned (laughs) um i haven't had a teeth cleaning in a year all thanks to covid um my appointment was like in December of last year but because of COVID they changed all of our school schedule around so when my appointment was at I was teaching and if you were a teacher during the pandemic you know how hard it was to try to make sub plans for someone to teach remotely like it's a completely different ball game I was a pro at this point before this and making sub plans like it was I can take a day off tomorrow I'm good I know how to do this. But when you try to do it for like remote, it's a whole different ballgame because you're really hoping that the person that's going to take over you knows technology. Um, So I decided not to do that. Um, I didn't want to do it again anytime during work. So I was waiting for summer. I called. They had no appointments open until October. October. I was going to be like, I was going to be a whole two years maybe no a year and a half I'm sorry um and I didn't want to wait that long but they told me they assured me that there's a lot of cancellations being done throughout um the weeks and that hopefully uh, one would one spot would open up and then I would be able to get in which luckily it did I was really close to going to somewhere to another place just to get my teeth cleaned like my teeth needed it TMI my teeth really needed it but they called on Monday or they messaged me on Monday. I set up my appointment for Wednesday. I got my teeth cleaned. It was the best experience in the world. I don't know. I was just so excited uh, for teeth cleaning. I know. Sue me. Things like that make my day. Uh, it was about an hour and a half appointment. So it took a while, but it was a great one hour and a half appointment. So yeah, that was pretty much it my teeth are great now they're beautiful i had no cavities so heck yeah um yeah okay that's it that's pretty much it i just wanted to kind of change the mood up a little bit because i was going a little bit too much to the deep end i probably didn't go too much into my mental and emotional state i felt like i was going back and forth in circles 
but that's okay. Sometimes my brain gets cloudy and whenever I'm ready to really open up about it, I will. And if I do get therapy, I will let you know. Okay. Because again, I like to be open and it's this a what a week podcast. So it's everything that happens throughout the week. That's including my thoughts and my feelings, because again, I feel very few people open up and talk about all these things on social media. We're made to believe that everybody is perfect. Everyone's doing great. And we compare ourselves, whether we want like it or not, we do it. We compare ourselves to others and we see that they're having wonderful lives and deep down we're feeling like crap. So I want to talk about all these things. I want to let people know um, that it's okay to feel this way. It's normal. and. If you need help, you need to go get it. You need to don't wait for someone to help you. I've learned that the hard way. I've had a moment where I had to call for help and no one helped. And I'm thankful that nothing bad happened. But don't wait for someone to help you. You do it. You take that step. Here is me giving you some advice. I'm not really good at advice, but here is me attempting to tell you to put yourself first. Don't let someone else or don't wait for someone else to help you. Okay. If you feel like you're just down in the dirt, you don't feel okay with yourself and you hate how you think of yourself, go get help. Go get it. Go look for it. If it's online, like BetterHelp, or if it's in person and you're lucky enough to have a lot of counselors and therapists in your area, then do it. I know it's a lot of money, but. Sometimes you have to put yourself, not sometimes, you always have to put yourself first. And it's so important. So that is why I do this podcast. If anybody, I know I talk a lot about random stuff sometimes and maybe it's too much. But in the end, I'm just here to connect with you all. A fellow introvert trying to connect with the people around her to let them know who I am in reality. Because again, I always feel like I have to hide who I am and I'm not going to do it anymore. So yeah, I hope anyone connects and feels the same way and just know we're all in this together. Cue High School Musical song. (laughs) All right, guys, that is pretty much it. I will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful week and yep. Bye.